He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm not wearing pants. Check out the cheese tees. That's what I'm wearing. Basketball shirt, no pants, no boxers. It's Will Greer week. The rules get thrown out. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Follow them on Twitter at FBomber73 and at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Will Graves going to join us today at 420. We've got Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network coming up at 520. I'm fired up. College ball starts this weekend, which means the NFL starts the Thursday after college ball begins. It's here. Our long national nightmare is over, ladies and gentlemen. My snowflakes. It's the best time of the year. I know summer's great. Oh, you get to go to the pool. You get to go to the beach. It's nice and warm. You don't have to scrape snow off your car. There's no chill in the air. But with the chill comes ball. With ball, for me, comes content. But with ball comes enjoyment. Life is back. I haven't cared about Mountaineer football in nine months. But on Saturday, I will behave like a moron. Pitt fans will behave like morons. Penn State fans will continue to do what they've already done, and that's behave like morons. Speaking of morons, anybody who thinks James Conner should take significant reps away from Le'Veon Bell, you're not doing this right. Your opinion is bad. You're dumb. It's wrong. And you can check out my blog at ESPNPGH.com where I say as much. Is Ben Roethlisberger a moron? He recently told our buddy Mark Caballi from The Athletic, who we spoke to yesterday on the show, that James Conner deserves playing time. Connor's had a good preseason. He was solid in training camp. He's done enough to get playing time until Bell is back up to speed. That's it. After that, you give the All-Pro the football. It's not that hard. Let's play it this way. Let's say Ben Roethlisberger were hurt. Didn't play all of training camp. Didn't play during OTAs. Let's say he's in Carson Wentz's position, but... He comes back a little bit earlier, and he gets some reps in practice in the weeks leading up to the game against Cleveland. But let's say Mason Rudolph was Dak Prescott. Let's say Mason Rudolph had the preseason of his life. Let's say he had the greatest preseason in the history of preseasons. 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's getting all the reps. Let's say he's perfect. Does Mason Rudolph get the ball opening day, or do they let Ben Roethlisberger start slanging the rock around? They let the former All-Pro, they let the former Pro Bowler go out there and slang that rock around. 
they let the guy who's won two Super Bowls slang the rock around. It doesn't need to be different at the running back position. Connor has done enough to merit some carries until Le'Veon Bell's got it all figured it out. After that, you give the All-Pro the ball all the time. The reason I say Connor can get some reps early is because last year Bell started slow to the tune of 3.5 yards per carry in his first three games. Woof. He averaged 17 carries in 60 yards per game. Everyone talks about Le'Veon Bell's numbers and how his yards per touch weren't great last year and how his statistics aren't warranting a big-time contract extension. But that's if you add the three games to start the season in there. If you separate the first three games from his last 12 games, it's much more respectable. In the last 12 games, he averaged 22 carries, 92.5 yards on the ground. That's 4.3 yards per carry. That's not great, but it's really good. And that doesn't even account for all the things he does out of the backfield catching the football. Again, give Connor a chance while Bell's slow out of the gate, allow the offense to play well, even if Le'Veon Bell's not playing well from the start. But after that, it's no contest. Give the All-Pro the ball. You might think that I'm defending Le'Veon too hard. I'm not. I'm getting smacked left and right on Twitter.com because of the blog that I put up on ESPNPGH.com. And you know what? Everyone who's smacking me is living in the here and the now. Everyone who's ripping me is a prisoner of the moment. Oh, look how good James Conner is. He's so great. Three carries, 58 yards. He's tremendous. In the preseason, three carries, 58 yards, preseason football. That guy's going to be your dude instead of the all-pro. Okay, gotcha. You're right. I'm the dumbass. There's this narrative that Bell's lost his explosiveness. That's wrong. Yeah, I know his long run last year was 27 yards. He's never been a big, big play guy running the football. But look at what he did against the Jags last year as Exhibit A. The explosiveness is there. He caught a football that no other running back in the National Football League catches. Corner of the end zone, one hand, getting hard barred, pulls it in, goes to the ground. Nobody else makes that play. Not one running back in the league makes that play. James Conner, sure as bleep, doesn't make that play. With all due respect to James Conner, he can't do that. The Steelers aren't going to rescind the tag. I'm borderline hating Mike Florio right now for even floating the idea. And nor should the Steelers rescind the tag. After week three, how's this? You'll have forgotten all about your little buddy, James Conner, and you'll see why Bell will be the highest-paid running back in the league by this time next year. Who's going to be toting the rock for the Steelers next year? Probably James. You can think about him then. But I have a sinking suspicion that while you're thinking about James Conner now, next year by week three, you're going to be wishing the Steelers had Le'Veon. He's not explosive. What about his yards per carry? He's not making the big plays he did. Watch the Jacksonville tape. Tell me he wasn't putting together big plays. Tell me he wasn't explosive. 
tell me that James Conner could do those things. If you can convince me of that, you've got yourself an argument. But you can't unless you're stupid, so don't even try. Mike Pursuta, as I said, at 520 today here on the Crowley Show. Will Graves going to be joining us in 12 minutes. We all become prisoners of the moment. It's one of the things about sports. We're fans. It's short for fanatical. Not breaking any news there. We all think that the guy who's doing it now is the best one ever or the worst one ever. Le'Veon Bell is going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame one day. James Conner will go too. He'll just have to hand a ticket to the clerk. He'll probably go as Le'Veon Bell gets inducted. James Conner ain't going to wind up in Canton. Le'Veon Bell is going to wind up in Canton. Get it through your skulls. Is it the Pitt thing? I didn't know Pitt's fan base was that big. Is that what it is? Is it the cancer thing? Because it sure as hell ain't just about football. It can't be, right? Is it because you despise Le'Veon Bell that much? And James Conner seems to be this beacon of hope? Is that what it is? Is that why you think he should get carries? Ben Roethlisberger said he should. I will say and agree with Ben that he should get some carries in the early going. But the second you see that second gear from Le'Veon Bell, the second you see he's got his timing back, the second you see he's the Le'Veon Bell of Jacksonville game last year, what's the conversation? There isn't one. It's also stupid to think the Steelers are going to withhold the franchise tag from Le'Veon Bell to withdraw, to pull it back. It's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense for it to happen. If the Steelers wanted to let Le'Veon Bell walk and go test free agency, they could have done that. And he would have gone elsewhere, gotten paid the money he wants to get paid, would have gotten a Todd Gurley-esque contract, and the Steelers would have saved 14.5 mil. Now if the Steelers pull the tag back, they'll save 14.5 mil. And spend it on what? They're going to make the concessions cheaper at Heinz Field? They're going to make parking cheaper? They're going to add a dome to the top of Heinz Field? What are they going to do with that 14.5 mil if they pull the tag back right now? Nothing. There's nobody out there. Who are they going to spend it on? Navarro Bowman? Okay, bite me. It ain't happening. It doesn't make sense, except it tells me the Steelers want Le'Veon Bell to get his ass back here, and they're trying to hold his feet to the flame. That's all that means to me. What that means is the Steelers floated that report to Mike Florio. Mike Florio, then being the good soldier he is, reported it. And people are now losing their freaking minds, saying that the Steelers might pull the tag back. They won't. They just want Le'Veon to come back a week earlier than he did last year. They just want Le'Veon to come back and not be rusty for game one against Cleveland like he was last year where he had 32 yards. Does that sound like they've got a lot of faith in James Conner? Does that sound like the Steelers want to give James Conner the ball 20 times against Cleveland? I don't think so. Now, it is pure speculation on my point, my part. I don't know that the Steelers leaked that, but it makes sense. If Florio's reporting it, it came from a good source, and what good source would say anything about that, about the tag being withdrawn, other than a Pittsburgh Steelers source? They're trying to get Le'Veon Bell here sooner. Let's 
look through the BS. Let's wade through the nonsense. That's what's happening. Because the Steelers, like me, don't think that they should count on James Conner. Give him a couple of carries. Give him some playing time until Le'Veon Bell's got his sea legs back, but they can't trust him to be the number one back. 412-922-2874. And they don't trust him to be the number one back. Pirates aren't going to fire Hurdle. He makes too much cash. USA Today came out with a report that listed every single major league manager's salary. Most managers, 21 of the 30, make $1.5 million or less. There are a handful of managers that make $800,000 or less. The Pirates are paying Clint Hurdle. The cheap-ass Pirates are paying Clint Hurdle $3 million. He's the seventh highest paid manager in baseball. Do you really think the Pirates would fire him, pay the salary, and pay someone else? Uh, hell no! The next Pirates manager after the hurdle contract is Finito will make less than $1.5 million. I guarantee it. The manager job in baseball isn't as important as, it's, as it used to be. It's as unimportant as it's ever been. And the salaries all indicate that. You're paying guys $800,000... Cora, for the Red Sox, getting paid $800,000, it's because the upper management, the general managers, the baseball geeks, they all think that they can run the baseball team. They tell the manager what to do. They use the analytics to tell the manager what to do. The manager's just got to be the guy to push the buttons at the end of the day. And the Pirates, of all teams, to go the other way and pay their manager that much money? It's ridiculous. Once they realize that they've done this backwards, that they've done this wrong... They'll still have to hold on to Hurdle. But then the next guy's going to make squat. The Pirates can save money there eventually. They just need to do what they do. And trust me, they will. I'm also cool with managers making less now. I've always thought managing a baseball team, eh, it's not that hard. You go to the AL, oh my God, not that hard at all. Yeah, you got to manage personalities. I wouldn't be good at it, but I don't think it's that hard. Being a GM... That's hard. That's where the money should go. We'll ask Will Graves about that coming up next and what he would do with the Steelers running back situation. I've also got 8 million tweets that are ripping me to comb through. We'll do that later on in the program. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen to me just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm getting crushed by Mark Madden on Twitter right now, and he's got 100,000 Twitter followers, so all his trolls are coming after me right now, telling me that Le'Veon Bell had a mediocre season last year. By Le'Veon Bell standards, he had a mediocre season. By other running back standards, he had a really damn good season. He had 400 touches. That's only happened three times since 2012. There's something to be said about being on the field, and he was on the field for all 15 games that counted last year. And the playoff game. So 16. In the playoff game, he had two touchdowns. Mediocre, my ass. You want to see mediocre? See a full season of James Conner. That's just my opinion. 
But I guess that's what the show is. Joining us now to discuss that and more, of course, is Will Graves from the Associated Press. Graves, good afternoon. Hey. Uh, shout out to the my favorite of the cheese pieces, by the way. And I, I'm curious, was this inspired by any specific teen movie? Because when you're too young for this, maybe, you know, maybe when we're teen or Tom, no, there was a mid-80s movie called Girls Just Want to Have Fun, starring Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker as a crazy friend, and they wanted to get on a dance show. And Helen Hunt was, as you surpri- surprisingly, sort of dowdy, and then she wasn't. <laughs> and there was a montage set to this specific, that specific song. And while there are many great teen montages in every great teen movie, like, that's the one. You spoke to an old man today. I, I'm really, really appreciative of the effort. Well, I'm happy to hear that, and people don't really know, I don't think, how the cheese teases come together. More often than not, we're in a group chat. Brian will send us, hey, guys, I got an idea, and then it evolves. Or Tom will send, hey, guys, we got an idea. Occasionally, I'll throw one out there, and then it all comes together. I get really stressed out during the production of the cheese teases. I get moody, but it always winds up good, and I'm happy you enjoyed today's, because today's, it might be my favorite of all time. I mean, that took some time, too, right? I mean, that wasn't like, I mean, that probably took, what, an hour or hour? It took less long than I thought it would take. I freaked out thinking it would take longer than it did, but it all came together. Probably an hour, though. Probably an hour. uh, Is that that yours? Which jersey? Pippin. Oh, the Pippin. That's Tom's. Okay, yeah, it looks old. And, Will, you're not mistaken in any way. That movie, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I loved that movie growing up. Absolutely Sweet. loved it. Like, and there's a girlfriend who actually would quote that. Care about this girl that's like this sort of preppy rich girl. She goes, I'm not in love, unappreciated, I only have two cars. <laughs> and, you know, that's much the way I rally is when she gets home. Hey! You nailed it. I will say the music video with Cindy Lauper is horrendous. So horrendous that it's delightful. Well, I mean, but that's not the one with Lou Albano, is it? Yeah, it is, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's the 80s, so, I mean, you got to, like, grade on a curve. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just happy to see Captain Lou in there. That's all. You see Captain Lou, you're good for the day. R.I.P., right? He's got. He's dead, right? He's got to yeah. be long dead, right? Okay. Uh, right. Why we got to bring that up? Will Graves joining me from the <laughs> Associated Press. Uh, I've been worried about death lately. I don't want to get into it. Uh, Will, how many hey, reps should James... Well, okay, I, I should... Okay, I, I heard you. I heard you. Uh, you know, I, I, Mark's got his... Mark, you know, who unclenched, I guess, from 71 and 87 long enough to get the stone into the Steelers. Um, you know, like... Numbers-wise, you know, the yards per carry wasn't great. Uh, but, I mean, the guy is – he is the most valuable running back in the league. The flip side of that is Crowley. You can't really take make a run at James Conner. I'm taking him out. I'm taking Conner out. Now, now the flip side of now, okay. He's just a guy. Multiple, multiple, there's multiple layers here. Now, look, he is and, – and I know I, I know well enough to know that, and as a fellow cancer survivor, like, you know, when you get past it, you don't want that to be the thing that defines you. The flip side of that is I keep looking at it like that guy was. I mean, it wasn't a long time ago he was in treatment. However, is he Le'Veon Bell? No, but I mean, neither are literally two hundred other guys in the league. So that's kind of my point. I'm with though. you. I'm with you. I'm with you uh, that Le'Veon is by far. I mean, I think this. I think I said last week. This is their best chance to win the Super Bowl this year, while Ben's still the quarterback this year because of Le'Veon. Period. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So when Ben Roethlisberger says that James Conner needs touches because he's earned touches, I think he's right to a point. Le'Veon wasn't good the first three games last year. I think you sprinkle James Conner in at the beginning of the season. But once Le'Veon Bell's proven to be Le'Veon Bell again, once the rust has been all knocked off, that's my dude. That's my horse. And you've got no reason not to use him because if he winds up dead at the end of the year, well, he's dead for someone else. Right. I mean, I think I actually, our, our preview, our season previews were due, are, are running tomorrow. I was writing it this morning, and I bet basically what I wrote. I mean, like, this is his last stand, and Mike will run the wheels off if he wants to, because Mike doesn't care. This is like a lease where you got, like, you know, three months left and 10,000 miles, and you're just like, you know what, let's just go. Like, I'm just driving everywhere we go. I don't care. Right? Um, and that being said, I has does deserve to be – a, he's been effective in preseason, and B, he deserves a, a chance to be rewarded with snaps during the regular season. I'm with that. If there are five to seven snaps counter, like, I'm fine so long as Le'Veon is given 20-plus. I mean, what's that? Isn't there a record when he gets 25 touches, something like 17-2 and two or yep. something like that? Uh, so, I mean, I think the proof is sort of in the pudding there. I mean, he is a difference maker. And he will get his – if he has a year – just like last year, the mediocre Lady Gumbel will be the highest paid running back in the league by a lot. Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Will, I'm afraid that the Steelers' offense is going to start slow this year, though, uh, much like it did last year. They averaged 21 points a game over the first eight games. If they do that, they're going to have a tough time being an upper echelon team in the AFC. They're, they're going to have a record that is closer to 10-6, and 9-7, and seven, than it is to thirteen and three, I'd think, given the defense and the question marks there. Um, I mean, I think they're going to come back to. Or I think thirteen and four. I mean, that was the weird thing last year. Like they had a lot of games that they just kind of won. Games against bad teams at the time, like the Colts, like the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they got the Texans late in the year without Watson. They would have won. You know, they probably should have won more convincingly. The Texans. There were a lot of games like that. Um, I don't know if they're going to start slow. Um, I, I, I think Randy Fickner is going to want to run the ball more. I think you're not going to see, and it was, it was sort of funny to be on. Like, I love Todd Haley. Um, I did catch myself watching the game on Thursday night, and I get the ball. They run the ball down to the one, and then he throws it four times, and I get it. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out who you got and what they can do. But, my God, just do the Browns, man. I mean, just, like, run the ball, right? Um, so there is something to be said for – his uh, play calling at times. Uh, I think it's. I think the offense is going to be okay if it is more ball control. If it is, you know, I think they need to keep the defense off the field. Um, personally, I mean that would. Uh, I don't think the defense is going to be bad, but I also think, you know, just sort of like the offense was just they were just good enough to win some games last year. Let's remember those fifty six sacks. How many came against the Brett Hundleys and the Deshaun Kaisers? And I don't even remember who started for the Texans that week. It wasn't Savage. I mean, it, like, I mean, how many of those sacks were against those guys versus the Blake Bortles and the Tom Brady? A fair amount. A fair amount. They had mo- they had a bunch of sacks in the two Cleveland games. Yeah, I think they had sixteen. I think they had fifteen or sixteen out of their fifty-six. I mean, they had you know a few in the they had a, few, a handful in the in the Packer game. I mean, it's uh, so for me, like, I'm okay if they. I would like to see more, like, if I'm the Steeler fan, what I'm looking for is not necessarily dominance, but, like, let's not have, let's not need Chris Boswell to come out there and beat a mediocre team. 
at the end of the game. I mean, like that, that's what they need to avoid. I, that's what I'm looking for in terms of quality. Um, I think the schedule's tougher. So I think just by natural attrition, there's going to, there, I mean, there's going to be injuries. I mean, we're talking about something, we're assuming everybody's going to play all 16 games. And I guarantee you there's going to be some multi guys that are not going to play. So, cause that's just the nature of it. So, I mean, I think 11 and 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 is, is fine provided they're in a good place in January and provided they don't spend the next four months coming up that has us writing about things that have nothing to do with football, which is basically what happened every week last year. Yeah, speaking of things that are pseudo-related to football, let's transition to something that's a little bit more crunchy. Uh, we're going to talk about this coming up in 10 minutes here on the show. Tom Brady hung up on the WEEI guys yesterday, which I always like because the WEEI guys drive me crazy, but he wouldn't have done that early in his career. He wouldn't have done that for most of his career. For most of his career, he was canned answer Tom Brady. He did the Belichick thing. He wouldn't give you anything to chew on. I'm sure it was miserable having to interview him for the majority of his career because he gives you absolutely zilch. But now, his backup quarterback's Brian Hoyer. His legacy's already cemented. Why the hell does he care about what he says? He could say anything. He could do anything. He's still going to start week one. He's still going to start all season. And he still won five Super Bowls. He is bulletproof, baby. It's an, it's an amazing evolution, I think. Yeah, but I think that's sort of not unlike certain... certain I mean, look, when Antonio Brown... Got here. I, I got here his second season. He was still what buried on the depth chart behind Mike Wallace and Hines and uh, you know Manny Sanders and how Jericho Cottery came in. You know, and, and you could go and talk to him whenever you wanted. And now we're at a point where he literally has not spoken to the media other than to call a Hall of Fame writer a racist. Um, since he got out of that helicopter, they the day camp. Well, that wasn't public. That was not public. That was just was on that the field. Public? Well, it is now. Surprise. Yeah. surprise. Um, <laughs> you know, so he, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. Tom's though. evolution is not unique. I mean, in athletics, and I don't think it's, and that's not even a shot at AB. I mean, I think we can all sort of sort of see the the start of the Willie Beaming Beaming of, of Juju, right? We can all start start to see sort of, you know, and I and I like Juju. I mean, he's a good dude, good player. Um, you know, but he's because he's so savvy on social media, obviously makes him, the cameras love him. He knows the cameras love him. He plays that to his advantage, and that's fine. But, like, you would you would like to still see, like, a normal human interaction there. And, you know, I, I, it is, it, it's just more intermittent. You can see it. Um, so, I mean, I just think in general. I, I, so, Tom, is has he been protected, and does he deserve uh, a, a, a manner of respect because of his resume? Yes. And he's got the... That, like, the owner has his back, right? That's why Jimmy Garoppolo is not there anymore, right? The owner has his back, right? So you can sort of just, I don't want to talk to WEI today and walk off. I mean, you can. And then this is the other thing, you know, and this is a, speaks to, bigger, to the bigger media, you know, the, the athlete-media member relationship. They don't need us anymore, dude. Not at all. They're not. They can go on their Instagram page. They can Instagram live whatever they want. They can let us into whatever parts of their lives they want. They can get people to ask them the questions. They don't have to come to us for anything. Um, and that's not the NFL. I mean, that's in college athletics. I mean, it just does not, excuse me, it just, it just doesn't matter. So, I mean, part of you, you just have to sit there and take it, right? With your EEI, what are you going to do? 
oh, we're not going to interview. We're not going to be available to interview Tom Brady anymore. Uh, no, if Tom Brady calls on your show, you're going to talk to him. Hey, you just know like what? I mean, just like, it's the same way with Ben. I mean, what Ben does this thing on Tuesdays, and he, you know, is in front of a friendly audience, and it works out well for him. And then he sets the agenda for the week, and then on Wednesday he talks to us for eight minutes and twelve seconds or less, <laughs> and kind of was not very with a different audience for the week. And, and look, I and I get it. I mean, I don't like it. But I get it. If I'm him, I'm not. I'm not blaming him. That's the fan is happy to have him on. He's happy to take the money. I believe he donates the money to charity that he gets from that. Um, you know, so it, and, and that's fine. But you know, it's that's that's the game these days, right? I'm having a cramp. My leg is cramping up real bad. Graves, oh my god, my freaking hamstring. <laughs> There's a knot in it. <laughs> There's a knot. Tom just saw me fall out of my chair. I'm, I'm more telling him than I'm telling you in the audience. But I just, he, he's looking at me like I died. Oh, my God. You ever have that happen where it just seizes up? Oh, all right, Graves. I got to go. I appreciate the time. Uh, I'm going to text you. We're going to watch the football game together on Saturday. How's that sound? Uh, I don't care what you're doing. You're hanging out with me. All right, bye. Goodbye. You all right? I'm okay. <laughs> you sure? Because you're still on the ground. I had so. a hamstring cramp. I don't want to get up right now. I'm at where I'm at. I got to drink more water. Uh, see, where are, oh, yeah, I'm in a tumultuous situation. There. Tom looked over at me. Oh, boy, that was dangerous. You ever have that? That's happened to me in the middle of the night where my foot is cramped up. Oh, that's happened to me, yeah. Uh, same thing just happened, but in my uh, my hammy area. We're good. Why are you, The inner thigh? Like right under where the hammy is. Like, like. Hammy buttocks connector area. I'm uncomfortable watching you address this issue. I'm massaging my hamstring, <laughs> which sounds like a euphemism, but it's not. It kind of really is, Ugh. actually, if you saw what I just saw. You sure you're good, man? I'm all right. Coming up next. <laughs> I don't believe you. I drink some water. <laughs> we continue talking about Le'Veon Bell and why he's much better than the alternatives. And I'll tell you how the NFL can be more like the NBA. Yeah, that's right. It's Crowley Show. Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. On the topic of James Conner siphoning carries away from Le'Veon Bell, the ordinary boy tweets at underscore Adam Kyle. What happens when Bell comes out flat four to five games, never returns to form? How long do we wait on the punk? Yeah, we'll cross that bridge if we get there, ordinary boy. But what makes you think that that would ever be the case? Yeah, he struggled out of the gate last year, three games, but after that he had a 179-yard game on the ground. He had a 140-yard game on the ground. He was always productive catching the football Le'Veon Bell's not all of a sudden going to turn bad just because he doesn't want to sign a contract with the Steelers. I see what you're all doing out there. And what you're doing is, oh, Le'Veon stinks because he doesn't want to be here. No, he doesn't stink. The Steelers wanted him to be here. That's why they gave him the big freaking contract offer. He turned it down, but that doesn't mean the Steelers don't think he's worth it. God! Mike DeCorsi, who I love, very opinionated Writes for the Sporting News, does all kind of different stuff for them. He's big on college basketball. He's from Pittsburgh. He's hopping up in my mentions because I said that Le'Veon Bell's touching the ball 400 times a year, and he says activity doesn't mean that you're valuable. I totally disagree with that. 
If the Steelers are giving this guy the ball 90% of the time, if the Steelers are giving this guy the ball 400 times a season, and they think that the offense flows through him, I'm inclined to believe them. I'm inclined to believe Tomlin. I was inclined to believe Todd Haley. I'm inclined to believe Ben Roethlisberger when he's giving him the ball all those times, not checking out of the plays. The Steelers think the offense flows through him. I think the offense flows through him. They think he's valuable. It's because he is. Duh! Duh! It's because he is. He's one of the best running backs in the league. The Steelers aren't going to be paying him after this year. They're going to pay him this year. And the money will be well spent because he helps the team win. Go back two years. I say this all the time, but it's because not enough people listen. Two years ago, the Steelers were 4-5. and five. They were a bad football team. They were on the outside looking in. They had just lost to the Dallas Cowboys. They were searching for answers. Todd Haley walks into Craig Wolfley and tells Wolf, we're going to have one of the greatest turnarounds in the history of this franchise. And Wolf said, okay, brother. And at that point, moving forward, the Steelers handed Le'Veon Bell the ball. They threw Le'Veon Bell the ball to the tune of 147 yards per game. Did the Steelers lose again that season? No, they didn't. Until Le'Veon Bell got hurt and was unavailable to play in the AFC Championship. Huh, wonder why that was. Wonder how that could happen. He had 167 yards against Miami. He had 170 yards against Kansas City. I'm going to flip-flop those. It doesn't matter. Difference of three yards. He was the reason the Steelers got to the AFC Championship game. He gets hurt, and the Steelers aren't the same team. The offense flowed through him. So just because Ben Roethlisberger now is trying to throw some salt in the Le'Veon Bell wound doesn't mean that you should all fall for it. And while I'm on the topic of the Steelers valuing Le'Veon Bell, just because Ben says now that James Conner should get some runs doesn't necessarily mean it's about James Conner. I think it's the same reason why the information was leaked to Mike Florio, which is, eh, let's irritate Lev a little bit. Let's get Lev to think a little bit. Let's get him irritated a little bit. Let's make him want to be here. Let's make him have FOMO. You old people know what that is? FOMO? Fear of missing out? He's got FOMO. I think that that's what the Steelers are doing there. I think the Steelers are trying to make Le'Veon Bell think that they're giving this job to James Conner. I think that's why Ben goes out and says these kind of things, because they really want Le'Ve to come back earlier so that he's not rusty for the first three games. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There are a lot of tweets to get to. I will. We're also going to give away Dead Daisies tickets, their concert tomorrow at Jurgles Rhythm Grill in Warrendale. We'll give those away at the end of the segment here. Going to ask a trivia question. In fact, if you want to get online, if you answer the trivia question right, we'll give you the tickets. 412-922-2874. We'll let you get online for Dead Daisies. We'll ask a trivia question. You'll pop on the air. If you get it right, you get yourself the tickets. 412-922-2874. I said leading into this segment that I'd tell you how the NFL could be more like the NBA. The NFL's still king, but that doesn't mean the NBA doesn't do some things better. And one of the things the NBA does better is give you personality. You know all the good players in the league. I was talking with Tom before the show today in a show meeting, and he's telling me he didn't know the name of Verrett, the cornerback 
for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's a very good player. He's hurt for the year. I think that's common among NFL fans. I think NFL fans don't know who all the great players are. That's just a reality. There's 53 guys on a roster. The NBA does a better job of marketing the stars, and it's because there are fewer of them. Well, at least that's what I thought. One of the things that separates the NBA stardom from the NFL is attitude. Stars have attitude. They're not afraid to say what's on their mind. They're not afraid to do whatever they want to do. And they still get paid the contracts anyhow. They still start their games. They still play their games. In the NFL, guys show attitude, but only after a while. Some figure it out earlier than others. Odell Beckham Jr., he knew he was good from the start. He showed attitude. Antonio Brown didn't start showing attitude until he knew he was really good. Mike Wallace didn't start showing attitude. Well, okay, he always did. Some guys, they'll show attitude earlier. Some guys will show it later. Tom Brady should be showing this attitude from the second he walks in the league. The way he spikes the football when he scores a touchdown. The way he celebrates when his team wins. I'd like to see him carry that to off the field. Smug. Arrogant. I want to see that because I think the NBA thrives off of stuff like that. And it's taken so long for Tom Brady, the greatest player maybe in the history of the game, the winningest player in the history of the game, to figure it out. What do I mean by figure it out? Well, here's Brady giving it back to the EEI guys yesterday. 